Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift of this day. Lord, thank you for on this day of Pentecost you sent your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord God. Help us as we gather together today to focus upon you, to worship you, Lord, in spirit and truth, and may you reveal yourself to us now, Lord, as powerful and mighty. And we pray that your grace would wash over us, Lord, and your spirit would renew us, and that you would place your words in our hearts and upon our lips. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! Now, I don't know about you, but soda commercials certainly make me thirsty. Right? Do you ever watch those things and you're like, oh my gosh, I am so thirsty now. Right? You know, you've got like the beads of um, condensation dripping down the can of soda. You've got the hiss of the opening and the pop. You know, it's... Don't those noises just cause this Pavlovian response in your brain that makes you think, I've got to have one of those? No? You guys are so much better than me and most Americans because Americans drink 44 gallons of soda a year per person. On average, right? So the marketing's working on somebody, right? It's not just going into empty air. Yeah, it works. I mean, it just you just... Ah, I, I still think of Punjab... Right? Jeffrey Holder, remember him from Annie? Uh, with the 7-Up commercials in the, in the 80s? You guys don't remember this? <laughs> remember he'd open and he'd be like, he'd drink and he'd be like, crisp and clean, no caffeine. Oh. Right? Oh, remember that? Oh, it was such a commercial. It still is ingrained in my head when I see a 7-Up. I think of that, you know, bald head, soda. No? Okay. <laughs> All right, well, whatever. We are a thirsty people. We are a thirsty people, right? And, and Madison Avenue has tapped into that with these soda commercials, right? They make us yearn for their product. And because it meets a real need, right? Is it necessary to drink something? Yes. Does it need to be soda? No, it doesn't need to be soda. Would it be better for us if it wasn't soda? Yes. Unless you own stock in Coca-Cola. Um, you know, it would be better for us if we didn't. You know, water is what we need, and yet, and we yearn for it, but it's been kind of transposed into some other thing, that we need something else. Now, Jesus is in Jerusalem for the Festival of Booths, also known as the Festival of Tabernacles, or Succoth, whichever one you want to call it. It's fine. It's an eight-day festival that comes after Yom Kippur, on, or the Festival of Atonement, those are both the same names, Uh, and which remembers the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. When did they do this 40 years of wandering? What era is this here? Who's leading them? Holy Moses, right? Where'd they come out of? Where were they going? Canaan, promised land, right? Um, And so this Festival of Booths reminds them of this time, this 40 years in the wilderness. Now, on the last day of this festival, Jesus stands up and cries out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, this might strike us as slightly strange. I mean, seriously, who does this at a festival, right? Unless you're the guy at the baseball game with a thing full of soda or beer, You know, you don't say, hey, let everyone who's thirsty come to me. 
Right? This is not a common thing to say. And yet, in the context of this festival, it would have made perfect sense to the Jews gathered there in Jerusalem. The festival of booths, like I said earlier, was a time to remember how God had provided for his people as he led them through the wilderness. Every day of this journey, what did the Israelites find on the ground? Manna. Manna, that's right. Bread from heaven. He had provided this for them so that they could have food. He provided protection for them as well so that they could be safe on their journey. And he provided water for them so that they could survive in the wilderness. God did all this for his people. And so to celebrate this, the Israelites would build hastily built shelters. That's why it's called booths um, or tabernacles, like tents. And they would eat their meals in them during this eight-day festival to remember God's provision for them. And they would give him thanks. Also, it came at the time of the harvest, and they would again see the provision of God to them in the crops which came to fruition and marked the end of the provision of manna. Right? Remember, when they, when they harvested their first crops in the promised land, manna stopped. Right? It was that rem- so every time when they saw the harvest, it reminded them of God's provision of manna, but also the provision of that new harvest as well. This was all on their minds as they celebrated this festival. And at the biggest day, Jesus stands up and calls to him all who are thirsty. This would have struck a nerve with the Jews. The one who provided for them their water in the wilderness was their Lord through through his servant Moses, the one who had given them the law and who was their human guide. They would have remembered the stories of how their forefathers had yearned for drink and God had provided it for them. They would have remembered how God had caused springs to rise up in the desert to nourish them. How he had provided water from the rock. And here is Jesus offering to provide them a drink. And the way he will do it is not by striking a rock with a stick, but by having them believe in him. Believe in the one who is both Moses and the Lord, the human leader of the people and God himself. The promise is that if they will believe in him, where will the spring be? In themselves, right? In here. If they believe in him, they don't need to go to some other rock to find the spring, but rather the spring will be implanted in them. And so, because it is in them, it will always be with them. Wherever they go, wherever they journey, whatever wilderness their life takes them to, the spring will be there. The spring that he promises that will constantly renew and refresh is the promised Holy Spirit. And John tells us that Jesus said this to prefigure the coming of this Holy Spirit who would be this powerful spring within them. Today we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Now Pentecost was a whole nother Jewish festival, right? There were three biggies. Anyone name the three biggies that all Jewish men had to go to Jerusalem to celebrate? Passover, bingo. Yom Kippur, which was a part of the festival of booths. It was integrated into that, which we're talking about right now. And then what's the other one? 
Pentecost. Good. Good answer for today. Pentecost. That's right. And so those three festivals um, were the were the biggie, the big three that the Jews celebrated. Pentecost was a festival that celebrated the harvest and the first fruits of the field that were offered to God. And God chose this festival to send his Holy Spirit to the disciples huddled in a room in Jerusalem. The coming of the Holy Spirit transformed the lives of the disciples and ultimately the world as he filled, guided, and empowered Christians to proclaim the gospel and support it with deeds of power. The world, they found, was thirsty for this good news. We live in a thirsty world, too. And we consume lots of things that don't really refresh us, that leave us empty. Right? You know, like soda's somewhat of a metaphor for our world today. There's all kinds of people drinking all kinds of junk out there, right? <clears throat> They're drinking the gospel of prosperity, the gospel of success, the gospel of beauty, the gospel of wealth. And those gospels all leave us empty. Because they're not the true gospel, are they? People are thirsty. And they're looking to all kinds of places to satisfy that thirst. Yet before us, we have the offer of true and unending refreshment. May we come to Jesus Christ. May we confess our need for him. And may we accept his offer of refreshment. Because his offer has not expired. It is as fresh for us today as it was on that day when it was given. And may the Holy Spirit flow from us and out of us into this world that we and the whole world might be transformed by that spring of living water. Today, may we receive the gift of Jesus Christ, his life, his hope, and his refreshment. And may his Holy Spirit powerfully work in us and among us that we might do his will and serve him with joy and live in constant refreshment. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the one who offers us nourishment, Lord. That you offer us the refreshment that we so yearn for. Help us, Lord God, to turn to you and to find you able to satisfy our needs. May we put our trust in you, Lord. We confess that we have been drinking all kinds of junk in this world, Lord God. And we know that it's done nothing for us, Lord, but left us thirstier than ever. Help us, Lord God, to receive your good news. To confess, Lord, that we are broken people in need of your grace. And to be filled with your love, your hope, and your power through your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.